Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview health and wellness practitioners across the globe to see what sets them apart. You will find out why they not only teach and talk about health, but how they walk the walk as well. If you ever wanted to see what others are doing on a daily basis to get healthy and be able to implement in your life, then you're in the right place. Also, I'd like to invite you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com and take your free brain health quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies. And for taking the quiz, you will get a copy of my book for free, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 35. In today's episode, I interview exercise coach and personal trainer, Brian McKay. Be sure to stick around to learn about cupping, hear about balancing work and life, as well as Brian's favorite way to make ice cream. Alrighty guys, so on the phone today, I have with me Brian McKay on the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And Brian, there's a question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. Very first thing is, I want to know, what is your health journey in 10 sentences or less? Ooh, 10 sentences or less. That's a tough one. In 10 sentences or less. You can go over a little bit more. No, I always uh, like to say uh, that just to see. It's like, you keep it concise, like not going on. Sure, I want to hear all about it, but hey. Give us a little synopsis where you've been at, where you've gone through, and where you're at now, even. Okay, so uh, going back uh, middle school, I was uh, you know forced to to go on medication for ADD, ADHD. You know, a few years later, I you know I finally decided I didn't want to do that. Turned to uh, self medicating uh, using cannabis. Ended up stopping that years later, getting put back on medication. And uh, eventually was introduced into holistic health and, um, you know, got totally off any medication, uh, doing totally uh, better than I ever before. Um, actually got into uh, the, the physical end of things through Elliot Hulse's YouTube videos. I ended up uh, going for uh, my Czech HLC, which is Holistic Lifestyle Coach uh, class and then started interning with a, uh, uh, the highest level Czech practitioner in the state of Michigan, uh, working under him for the last two years. So and, who are you uh, working with? Uh, I'm working with a gentleman named Aaron Wallace for a company called Balance Your Fitness. Okay. And what did you, what did you really get from, uh, what did you even learn from them? Like Aaron Wallace or even Elliot Hulse, like how have they impacted you then? Uh, it, it definitely both of them have impacted me greatly. Just you know, learning about the the physical end of things and and the you know the, the science behind the human physiology, basically, and understanding you know starting with organic food and getting good quality water, proper movement, and cultivating energy and expending energy, and, and finding that balance it, all through there. So. Now, how have you applied that? Because uh, I believe one of your programs is called PF90, like pain-free 90, right? How do you uh, encompass some of what you've learned from uh, Aaron Wallace through like the Czech Institute, through Elliot Hulse? Like, what does that now look like from your standpoint? How did you interpret that and how do you use that with people then? 
Uh, well, uh, my pain-free 90 uh, program is it's completely customized to the individual. Uh, there's Everybody's completely individual. And I, I actually, backing up, I ended up injuring myself using one of those at-home DVD programs, which is how I ended up seeking out Aaron. And so, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I don't know, that's fine. So, we were talking about, like you said, seeking out Aaron after your injury. Uh, like, you want to describe that process for us. Like, uh, what happened with the injury? How did you help to rehab from it? Or how did you, what did you do differently than you had done in the past even? Yeah, I, I actually, I had, uh, you know, gone to a physical therapist and, and worked with a friend who was a massage therapist and we were never able to completely, um, get it taken care of. Uh, and I went and, and worked with Aaron and just, you know, starting from the foundation up, you know, going through when I worked with him, I learned, you know, a full in-depth assessment process of the whole body and really understood, you know, where the, the root of the problem for myself was coming from. And, and now through that, I, I've been able to uh, help a, a lot of people with their own issues and, and getting at the root of the problem rather than attacking it at a symptom level, uh, which unfortunately just doesn't work. Uh, and I, I think people are starting to find that out um, just more and more. Like, you see all of these, well, it's okay, I've been doing this for a year, for five years, and still having that that pain. Is there anything that you've noticed, either with yourself, with clients that you work with, like, is there something that's often causing their pain that, or, or are there common things that keep showing up, like, that are more at the root of a problem rather than just hip pain or back pain or shoulder pain? One of the most common things that I see is uh, the forward head posture. Um, usually, uh, it, it can range. Um, you know, the, the the root cause of that can be uh, numerous things. But I don't know. I'm reminded of uh, something I, I saw. I can't remember what book it was. I want to say it was maybe Anatomy Trains, actually, where uh, humans are the only ones that stand upright and leave all our essential organs uh, open to attack. Every other animal has them uh, hidden either by a shoulder or something else. And so uh, we as humans, as a protective mechanism, kind of close ourselves off. And so when we close ourselves off like that, it puts the head forward and creates all kind of strain. And just everything down the line from there is uh, it's just a chain reaction. And from what I understand too, like I, I've looked into that, I've heard similar things. And then even like the pushing pattern, like always, instead of pulling things into us and opening up, oftentimes we're pushing, 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 that leads us further and further forward and down, uh, like you said, closing off, protecting. Do you ever find, are, you, are your clients even uh, protecting themselves from something specific, like uh, whether it be financial problems, whether it be uh, eating things, eating disorders, whatever it may be, do you find that they're often trying to protect themselves from anything specific there? Um, I, I haven't really noticed any real patterns uh, in particular. I mean, financial is, is definitely, you know, at the root of a lot of things. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, we live in a world that likes to spend generally more than we, we bring in. And so it, it creates a lot of stress in our lives. But um, other than that, I, it, it can be all kinds of, of different things to, depending on the individual. We all have our own individual story. Now, talking about uh, like... You had an injury, uh, just movement in general. What is even your current movement practice? What does that entail? Is there, are there specific things that you like to do? Do you change that up for yourself? Uh, I, I definitely try and change it up. I, I do um, as far as you know, specific exercises. But generally, uh, I try to use um, 
you know, the zone exercises uh, from Paul Cech's book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, uh, some, some different Tai Chi type of exercises as far as, um, you know, the, the, the cultivating uh, energy types of things. And, and then beyond that, more of functional uh, corrective exercise, uh, try to work in patterns, obviously, or maybe not obviously, but uh, work to exercise to accentuate my life, not... Uh, necessarily to better my aesthetics, uh, which, you know, everybody wants to look good, but there's always an opportunity cost of that. Um, a lot of bodybuilders out there look great, but uh, I would not want to uh, deal with the aches and pains that they have to deal with. And I, I think you bring up a good point with that, Brent. Like, people just think, well, it's got to be all about aesthetics, or I've got to do what these top-end bodybuilders or Olympic level athletes are doing, but does that always work? Is that something that is a, a very reasonable thing for the average Joe to do? I guess, if you will, uh, not at all. Uh, you know, unless you've got you know six hours a day to spend in the gym, uh, which you know, if you have a life like most people do, that, that's just not feasible. And uh, uh, certainly, you can you know somebody can get into great shape if they stick with it, working you know. Little is about working out about three hours a week. I don't live to work out. I, I work out to live. And so, you know, now, I, how do you, how do you combine then, like talking about like you're working out, but also like your zone exercises, your Tai Chi exercises, how do you use those, uh, both for yourself or, uh, for clients that come to see you then? It kind of depends on, on what's going on with either myself or them. You know, I, I had a client come in this morning and dealing with some hot flashes last night and didn't sleep well. Um, so we did a little bit of, of exercise, uh, you know, working out, uh, lightweight, low repetition just to get, you know, the body moving. And then we moved into some zone exercises to hopefully give her as much energy as she, she could get, you know, to, to get through her day today. That is just a fantastic point right there. And this is something I want to, I want to discuss a little bit because so often you hear about, okay, well, I just got to get back in the gym. Just got to kind of grind away or sick. I'm didn't only got to sleep three hours last night. It was so on and so forth. And people will still push and push and push, but they don't take that time, take that appreciation to, okay, this is the time to let my body kind of recover. Uh, are there, are th is there anything else that you use, uh, for recovery for people? Like if they, are being wiped out with hot flashes or lack of sleep or whatever it may be? As far as recovery, uh, mostly the zone exercises and then just, uh, you know, making sure that we're, we're regulating the blood sugar to, to make sure that we're, we're getting, you know, the adequate sleep because, um, you know, more times than not when we wake up in the middle of the night, it's a blood sugar regulation issue. And um, Now, if, if people are looking to regulate their blood sugar, uh, what is something that they can do? Is like... We're we talking before bed here. We're we talking like last meal of the day. Yes and yes. <laughs> you know, uh, it is almost impossible to keep a balanced blood sugar on three meals a day. You can take any, as many blood sugar regulation supplements as you want, and three meals a day is it's going to to spike and then crash. Uh, you know, three times a day, and so it's it's more about eating those smaller meals. You hear about it, and some people may be tired of hearing about it, but. Uh, you know, I, I like to eat. I don't mind eating, you know, a bunch of times throughout the day. Um, that's just me. But uh, what, are your, what are some of your favorite foods to eat then? I eat, I mean, I just made a, a spaghetti squ squash spaghetti for dinner tonight. 
you know, I eat eggs and bacon. I, I just uh, make sure that I, I get it sourced uh, from good sources. Um, all organic uh, produce from the grocery store. I have a, a farmer that I'm on first name basis with, so I'm getting high quality grass, grass fed, grass finished um, beef, pork, and chicken. And, and that's, that is a, a huge key in that. But uh, going back to the blood sugar, um, definitely having a, a small snack slightly before bed with a balanced uh, ratio of proteins, uh, carbohydrates, and fats is, is essential to making sure that we make it through the night, uh, get our, our adequate sleep, and uh, by, by morning time, our blood sugar should be low and it's time for breakfast. So Now, what's your take then on... Because there's a lot now going on around like intermittent fasting. Uh, is that is that something that's the average person is ready for? Uh, do you, do you, is that something that you're a fan of? Do you have your clients do other things? What what's your take on that? Uh, I am opposed to it. Actually, one of the things I notice is um, one of the ways to tell about thyroid function is checking both your blood pulse and your uh, body temperature. And I know for me, uh, I've struggled with it for a lot of years, I've always struggled with very, very cold toe. And so if I go too long without eating, my toes get freezing like that. And, and I, I'm aware of it, and it means that I need to eat. And so uh, when we slow our thyroid down or, or mess with our thyroid, and which slows our metabolism down, you know, of all the research that I've done, I can't possibly see how that that would be beneficial to uh, wreak havoc with with our metabolism. And I, I, I agree with you. Uh, not that I'm completely opposed to fasting a couple times throughout the year for certain things, but I, I, I absolutely agree where that's that's a very specific protocol that that would be used for. But in general, most people aren't healthy enough to do that. Most people don't have the proper blood, regu- blood sugar regulation uh, on a normal basis, let alone now talking people doing this for years on end with the fasting and talking trying to get to that root cause of things and they still struggle to find that root cause of maybe that ache pain injury uh whatever it may be that they're having yeah it it generally uh, you know just uh sends the body into shock and exacerbates whatever issue or symptom they they have you know in, in my experience so talking about uh even again the zone exercises is there anything that you will use if you do get cold, if you do feel like your thyroid is not working properly, like, is there something that you would use for that, and what would that be? Even um, it, it's not anything specific. It's uh, about um, macronutrient ratios and food frequencies, and making sure that that again, like regulating the blood sugar, but doing that through the ratios and the and the food frequencies and figuring out what is right for you. You know, I, I've uh, frankly struggled with it myself trying to find the balance for me. I was uh, way too carbohydrate heavy in my uh, diet for, for a long time and I just recently uh, switched to, um, you know, not, not switching everything up but uh, started introducing more protein into my diet and um, almost immediately I noticed a, a huge difference. And so, what works at one point may not necessarily work at another when we heal ourselves at, at a, frankly, a cellular level. 
And I so, think so that's it's, a, it's always balancing and, and figuring out where we're at and what we need for, you know, the day, the week, the year, whatever it may be. And, but that's a fantastic point because this is something I hear about over and over from people, but it's true. We are ever changing. No matter what, like you said, when we're recording this, like we both might be eating one way, another week, another month, another year from now, it could look completely the opposite, but that understanding of what is necessary for you what does that balance look like for you uh and like you said coming down to a cellular level your cells are changing over all the time some more rapidly than others but it's about feeding them about giving them what they need on that minute by minute hourly daily basis i think it's fantastic yeah, absolutely. And it, people always talk about balance and and i do too and I, i've taken a little bit different view of it over the years and it's more of an active word in balancing as opposed to having a static balance and and I think that's uh, that's the key where a lot of times you know both in in physical health and and many areas of life is realizing that it is an, an active balancing uh, because we always have outside um, things that that are, are going to pull us in one way or another are there any other things that you find people are oftentimes overlooking with that balancing uh, that they just don't seem to really ever hone in upon or really that's when they're coming to you. These are the things that you're helping them balance the most. And it even could be, it might be the blood sugar. It might be that type of thing. It might be their musculoskeletal, like you said, the forward head. Uh, but I wasn't sure if there were any other things that you commonly see. Yeah, it's uh, balancing work life actually is uh, the, 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 the personal professional balance. Uh, I, I notice is huge. Uh, there's, I work with uh, one gentleman who's a, a highly successful uh real estate agent and, um, you know, very type A personality and trying to get him to do zone exercises is uh, just, uh, it, it doesn't happen. And then, you know, on the, on the other hand, we've got some uh, retiree clients and there it's, uh, there's, there is no work-life balance and it's more figuring out, you know, for them, like what, uh, now that they're done in the working world, what is going to drive them to find that happiness and, and what's, what do they want to do with, with the, the rest of their retirement year? I mean, being, being stagnant is, uh, you know, frankly, a, a great way to an early grave. And, and that's very true where if somebody loses that motivation, that passion for whatever it is that they have, I, I've seen it in countless clients myself or patients that where they, they just lose it. Like there's the, the second they retire, it's just, okay, what else is there? Uh, mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate to see a lot of times, though. Yeah, I mean, m movement is life. I uh, before I got into this line of work, I actually worked at a uh, physical re rehabilitation facility with, you know, uh, physical therapists and all that. And you know, once people stop moving, it, it's it's often a, a very very short decline to to mortality. Um, it, it's it's scary, you know, balance and and you know maintaining stability so that. Somebody in their elder years don't break a hip. Um, you know, you break a hip, you're you're gonna stop moving real quick, and when you stop moving, it's uh, more often than not, it's uh, it's a, a short lifespan after that, which is unfortunate. And it really is. Uh, now, I want to ask you, going back to the blood sugar, uh, talking about that, how do you like your coffee? How do I like my coffee? Yes. So. That's actually a very interesting question that I've never heard anybody answer the same way that I do. Okay. I'm, I'm with that type of lead-in. I cannot wait to hear this answer. Let's hear it. So honey 
and homemade vanilla ice cream. Really? Yes. What, okay, well, talk to us about like the, how you source your honey and how do you make your vanilla ice cream? The honey I get uh, from my local farmer. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where he sources it from, but he gets it from another local farmer. Uh, and then my ice cream is uh, a recipe uh, involves cream, uh, you know, raw, uh, raw organic cream, also has milk, also has uh, Great Lakes gelatin in it, uh, add a little protein in there, uh, some eggs, uh, actually vanilla bean as well as vanilla extract, and maybe another ingredient or two, but I'm not going to give away those secrets. Ah, I like it. I like it. Wow, that's... Uh... That sounds pretty amazing, though. I, I must say, that's that's a heck of a coffee. Now, do you put it in, like, uh, obviously, like, I'm guessing hot coffee, and that melts the yeah, ice cream absolutely. in it? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave the ice cream out for a couple minutes. Before Let I it soften it. up a little bit first? Yep. Wow, that sounds that sounds pretty impressive there. Now, do you, is this something that you make often, or is this, like, your once in a while or once a week maybe treat that you have? Uh, I'll, I'll make a, a big batch and, and I'll have it, you know, maybe once a week. Um, okay. You know, I, I can't live a life where of depriving myself of joys. I just need to, when, when I, when I have a treat, I go and make sure that I get it from a good source. That's probably the most important thing for, for my dietary nutrition standards. I, I want to make sure people understand this because they're going to hear this and say, wait, you're putting honey in here, you're putting cream, you're putting like eggs, vanilla, like, all right, what's that about? But I don't think everybody can quite see that there's a lot of balance in there that you were talking about. And that's going to be something that's critical when you're having coffee because of just that caffeine. Uh, this is actually a pretty stable way, I would think, to get that into your bloodstream then. A absolutely. Uh, again, it, it is about balancing the, the macronutrients. I, I actually kind of wanted to touch on that beyond the coffee. Please do, um, yes. You know, I, I, one of the examples I, I come up with is, you know, a baked potato, for instance. So super starchy, super carby. I've never heard anybody ask why we put butter and sour cream. We just do. And But when you understand that, you know, the, the fat in that helps slow down the metabolism of the baked potato... It makes sense. Same with the coffee, why we have sugar and cream. You've got, you know, the fat and the protein, and then the sh sugar is obviously carbohydrate, and, and, and making sure that we balance these things. That's, that's a very good point, because oftentimes it's like, well, okay, shouldn't we just have like a plain baked potato? And actually, that's probably a lot more damaging than, like you said, putting all the good stuff on it then, too. Right. Yeah. So, make sure right. it's Oh, go ahead, please. I said, just make sure it's not margarine on the baked yes, potato. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness! Please, yeah, put the good stuff. Some nice grass-fed butter on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that'll that'll be a delicious way to have it. Now, are there are there any other uh, vices that you have, whether it be food or otherwise? Um, every once in a while, I'll get, uh, for lack of a better term, strung out on some dark chocolate. <laughs> now, do you make your own? Is there a certain brand that you like? Not really. I uh, generally go with uh, just the, the standard Whole Foods 365 brand. How dark? Are we talking 70, 85? Uh, actually, that particular one is, uh, I believe, 56. Okay. And I just uh, just bought a bar of another brand that was 85. So yeah. that, that had a little little bite out of that, and that was pretty tasty. Very nice. Very nice. I, I, I can't disagree with that. I'm a dark chocolate. I, I, I love to make my own, like... This way I can flavor it with some other things then too. So it's, it's a fantastic way to go. 
Oh, so now you're going to have to share that recipe with me. All right. So these are all approximate ratios. I, I just begin by melting some coconut oil, uh, like a half cup or so, and a half cup of raw cacao, uh, just under very low heat. Uh, from there, put in a third of a cup or so of either like the raw honey, and that's where I keep it all at a very low temperature so that it stays raw. Uh, or you could put maple syrup, you could use just some good sugar, like all of the above, again, work, because again, talking about keeping that balance. Uh, I have experimented actually on putting some gelatin in there too, uh, to give that little bit of protein, keep a balance with everything. But then from there, it's nice because the opportunity is endless. Talking about, you said like, you'll use vanilla. Sometimes I'll use vanilla. Uh, I can put in there some cinnamon, some cayenne for a little bit of kick, uh, some good salt, like any of the above and it's really your imagination like even now that it's fall like you could get like a good pumpkin spice like so you get the the ginger the cinnamon uh i don't know like the the, the nutmeg like that false flavorings uh and right. you could go from there so really it's it's kind of endless then what you can do with it but i bring it back to keeping it in balance like i'm putting in a little bit of sugar a little bit of fat a little bit of protein so that there's it's not really necessarily a bad thing when people will look at it like oh well you shouldn't really have that much chocolate if you're going to have that much at all i don't see a whole lot wrong with having something like that right absolutely all right so going off this topic then have you had a like just health related purchase in general within the last maybe six months to a year or so it was under 50 dollars where it was like wow this thing actually had a pretty dramatic change on my life that i did not expect at all oddly enough it was the most recent one it was uh, relatively inexpensive too. Uh, it was a set of cup cupping cups. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, sorry, it took me a second. I understand what you mean, but you want to explain that to everybody, please. Um, so originally, uh, the the original version. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but they placed cups on. Uh, we'll say your back, for instance, uh, these specific types, and they would. Uh, put a match in there and what and the match would burn out and it would uh, create a vacuum uh, which um, basically sucks your your skin out very much like if you were to uh, take a the attachment wand to your vacuum to your arm and suck it up to give you a visual and so they have these new ones that are made out of silicone that don't involve any fire because it's just a better idea. Um, Makes sense, but, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it creates a vacuum, and that's a great way to uh, do some uh, myofascial uh, release before uh, getting into more of the muscular manual therapy for dealing with a lot of the pain clients. So now uh, they're silicone, so I'm guessing like you squeeze them first before you put them on and then like press them into the skin to create that suction? Exactly. That's exactly right. That's fantastic. So, no, I've not seen that. I'm going to have to look. Or do you have a brand that you use? Or uh, I, I do not. I just found I, them or were given them? them on Amazon. Okay, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. That, that sounds fantastic. Uh, now, you said like you'll use them. So what type of soft tissue work? Like you said, you use that before. Like if you're going to be working maybe on, for example, somebody's shoulder, uh, would you put them like around any like trigger point areas? Or how would you use that? Well, uh, the specific way to use it is actually, uh, I, I like to use coconut oil. Okay. Um, get a little bit of lube, and what that does is that allows the silicone to slide. And so you, you get it suctioned, and you move it around, and it, you will actually be able to see where there is the, uh, the adhesions in the fascia tissue. Um, and, and you just kind of move it around, and you'll, you'll find it, and you know, you just kind of leave it there for... Uh, 
um, you know, 15, 20 seconds until that adhesion kind of breaks up and goes away. And what that does is that actually allows, you know, once actually getting into the muscle as opposed to the fascia, it allows that to, to take a better hold. Oh, no, I've never, I've heard, I've never heard that. Now, did you, is this something that you uh, studied from somebody that you just like even found techniques online? Where did you learn that? Uh, this was actually a technique I, I learned from uh, Aaron Wallace. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Uh, have you done any other uh coursework uh like for massage for manual therapy in general uh anybody that you've studied under um besides no, aaron uh, of course Eric, because that's one thing you learn there right no, no individual people uh there there are a couple of uh of different dvd series that, that i have followed which would be uh the thomas myers anatomy trains absolutely yeah uh, pretty uh pretty standard uh in, a, in our line of work. And uh, then the other one is uh, St. John's Neuromuscular Therapy. And those are the, the two main uh, methods for doing the soft tissue work that, that, I'm, that I use. Fantastic. Yeah. And the soft tissue work, I think, is something that people uh, just overlook a lot. Or they're like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it, but never quite do. Is, is that something that you not only like, or is this something you do a lot with your clients? Do you show them techniques that they can use at home then as well? And, or what, like, what do you use with them? Uh, absolutely. That, that's my goal. I want to empower people to learn to take care of themselves. And, and I come in, uh, you know, at least I, I try to come in with the heart of a teacher. Um, and, um, so yeah, absolutely. I definitely will teach my clients how to do the, the different, you know, soft tissue work on themselves. And certainly it's not as, um, not as good as going to a massage therapist, but it ties you over because let's face it, nobody has the time or, you know, anybody that I, uh, know has the money to go and have a massage every day of the week. So, and that is, uh, certainly true, but I think that's where even getting back to balancing that you were talking about before, where it's, this is just part of that balancing act. You have to take time to get the body to be able to relax because we're always talking about your type A personality uh, client there where they are always go, go, go. That's a great way for them to, even if they're doing it at home, settle down for five minutes even and do some of that self-soft tissue work or go see somebody for a half of an hour, an hour, uh, and really bring that balance, bring that energy back into themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, we're talking about a bunch of different things here. Uh, do you have a current area of study? Is there something that you are looking into right now that you're practicing, that you're really learning from? Um, right now, I'm actually uh, kind of focused on the, uh, the mental-emotional connection to physical pain. Uh, that's something I, I've struggled with, and uh, so that's kind of where my, my area of study is uh, focused at right now. And is there anybody that, again, even with this, that you've found to really show you a lot? Uh, somebody that has really you've connected with uh, on that? Uh, a friend of mine, actually. He's uh, been a, uh, a massage therapist for over 20 years now and is a Reiki master as well as some other energy healing techniques. And uh, he hasn't taught me nearly as much as you know some other people have in other areas of, of, uh, of study. But uh, absolutely learning about... Uh, you know, that is, is definitely been probably my most, um, most influential person in that area. So what is maybe even one thing with that that you've learned that was maybe like the biggest surprise to you where you were like, 
I, I never had like a, an aha moment of correlation between that physical, emotional, uh, that pain then too. Well, just the, the, the depth that it can, it can, can have, um, you know, like I told you, I, I injured myself with one of those at home DVD programs and, you know, I, I initially started exercising, uh, because of a breakup. And so there was that, that emotional aspect tied in with the injury. And I've known that and I thought I handled it, but the, the injury never fully went away. And, um, you know, I doing all the soft tissue work on myself and, um, you know, making, you know, doing all the right exercise and making sure that I'm physically rehabilitated and nothing's working to fully relieve my symptoms. And so I just, uh, uh frankly this week just had a, a major breakthrough with getting this, this, uh, shoulder issue that I have taken care of. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> that must be a, a very, uh, liberating experience. I would imagine. Absolutely. It's, uh, it, frankly, it, it's, uh, difficult to go and, and sell myself as a, as a pain expert when I'm in pain. And it's, uh, it's difficult to even admit that here, but, uh, it, it is what it is. And so, no, bro, uh, I think that that is actually something I think that people should, if they're going to take one thing from here, that might be the most important thing I think you've just said, because this is something you've experienced yourself. Like you've gone through, you've struggled with, and you have made that now huge connection like you have made that epitome that aha moment uh and been able to overcome that and still working on evolving overcoming that uh no that's that's not something that to be ashamed of <laughs> like to think of like oh my goodness i shouldn't admit that no that is awesome and I, I want people to to think about that so that they can recognize that for themselves like you are you have been doing you've been studying this for years now and working with others and you're still working on yourself. Uh, it's some, one, something that people think, well, once I fix it, it's just over from there. But you recognize that, no, it's so much more than that. This is something that you will always be working on. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it, again, and it, it comes back to figuring out different areas of our lives. But yeah, the, uh, um, you know, from all the people that I've studied, the, the physical body is a major starting point and then moving uh, often into to the mental emotional aspect and and then everybody has you know all all the different things that they need to overcome and um and it, it is never ending until we take our last breath this is this is very true now looking to go further with this what is your vision for a healthy future what what will health look like or what would you love it to look like within 10 years like within a hundred years what is that going to be for you um getting back to 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 a more simple time really you know let's uh you know I, ideally I, I'd like to see you know the commercial farming uh, minimized I'd like to see a lot more you know small farmers people growing their own food um, you know, really getting people moving more, you know, and, and whatever that looks like. The, you know, I, I can design the best exercise program for somebody, but if they either hate it or they just don't do it, it's the worst exercise program in the world, you know, and sometimes people, you know, want to go play basketball, other times people want to lift weights and just whatever works for the individual, you know controversial subject of, of Monsanto. I would love to see uh, see that company fold in 10 years, although I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, you know, people are starting to 
understand, uh, rise up. I, I think the the alternative health movement, which frankly it shouldn't be called the, the alternative <laughs> health, uh, but uh, you know, I, I I think it's it's making a huge uh, huge waves, and I think a big shift is coming. I don't know when, but uh, I definitely think that people are are awakening to the fact that what we've been doing since the 1950s, which is kind of when TV dinners and, and factory farming really started, um, all these health issues that never were here before are so prevalent. So I want to switch gears here, Brent, and ask you, who is, who is somebody that you would like to meet or who's somebody that you would li- most like to have met in the past? The person I would most like to meet is, uh, is Paul Check. He's uh, just a, a, an amazing teacher, uh, mentor to other people, and uh, you know, through his his employees at the Czech Institute, he's uh, he's a mentor to me as well. You know, and actually uh, getting to meet the man would be amazing. And I think that's a that's a great answer. Talking of changing health in ten years and a hundred years, uh, he certainly seems to be somebody who's very influential along that path as well. Absolutely. Is there anybody that you would most like to have met even that uh, you think has maybe even looking back a hundred years has greatly affected uh, our health or even a thousand years ago, somebody that would have just been, wow, they are still ringing uh, in our ears a thousand, two thousand years later when it comes to just being as healthy as possible. You know, honestly, I've never given that a thought. Um, somebody from the past. You know, I, honestly, nothing, nothing's coming to mind. No, and that's that's why I'm kind of putting you on the spot with that. But that's what yeah. I, it's interesting to think. Like, what what are what we're doing right now? How it will just affect the future of uh, just humans in general, or just the, our planet and beyond there, uh, with those choices we make to be as healthy as possible, or in some cases, speaking of Monsanto not be as healthy as possible, what is that going to look like in the future? Brent, what's your take on sleep? Do, do we really need eight hours of sleep? A- absolutely. Why is yeah. that? Like, what, what, what would it, somebody comes to you, your, your hard charger uh, real estate agent there, tell them you got to get eight hours of sleep. What, what's, what's the reaction going to be with something like that? From him, I, you know, it would be, oh, I'm good on four or six hours sleep. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's going into the, the hormonal pathways and, and the fact that he, he's living his life on adrenaline and eventually will burn out. But yeah, that, that's it. it is, it's burnout. You know, we are designed to play hard, work hard, and rest hard. And most people are either working hard and or playing hard and not getting the, the adequate rest. Um, and, and oftentimes, uh, you know, I, I have struggled with this in the past is I'll get my eight hours, but the quality of it will just be crap, frankly. So how do you, how do you do your best now? Or how do you have your clients even do their best to get that absolute, just best quality sleep that they can? A lot of it, again, comes back to the, uh, the, the food, uh, you know, making sure that we're getting the, uh, the ag- adequate amounts of, uh, of proteins, fats and carbs. Um, and regulating that blood sugar, and uh, then um, you know, starting to to wind down earlier in the evening, and and maybe do a little reading or some tai chi, cut the lights off, light some candles, uh, turn off the screens, uh, which um, I I have found uh, something. It's called uh, flux. Yes, uh, you're familiar. Yeah, and talk to a bunch of people. I mean, I use it myself. I 
on nights where I am at the office later and I know it's going to happen, but hey, that's at least one of my best ways to mitigate the screen in front of me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It makes the screen look weird, but nonetheless, uh, it definitely helps with uh, getting to sleep when, when you do have the screen on uh, later into the evening. Now, talking about books, two questions on that. What book are you reading right now? And what book have you gifted most often to people? Uh, the book I am reading right now is called The Slight Edge. Talk to us about it. Let's, let's hear a little bit. Honestly, I haven't gotten that far. Okay. It, but it's, uh, it's, um, it seems to be based on what, I, what I've read. It's just doing very simple, small things repetitively gets, gets you the edge in life and, and will get you the success that you're looking for and whatever that is. My definition of success is, you know, you set a goal and you achieve it. So, so success is different for everyone. So it's whatever your goal is, if you achieve it, that's success. And how about the book that you have gifted most often? Uh, the, the book I have gifted most often actually is, it's not directly health related, but uh, it's actually The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Okay. And no, any, any reason that that one has struck a specific chord with you or those that you've given it to? Well, it's, uh, you know, our, our safety and security is, you know, the most important thing for reducing stress. And in the 21st century, finances and money are, is our equivalent of, you know, being able to escape the tiger, you know, per, per se in Paleolithic times. Um, and making sure that, that we've got our finances right changes physiology, it changes how you think, it changes how you feel. Uh, it's um, having a little bit of security is, uh, has been the most changing thing for me outside of eating right and, and, and moving correctly. Uh, no, that's, that's a great point to bring up because that security aspect, people think of money as just, okay, well, you need more of it because you need things, you need things, you need things. But why do you need them? And it's, well, why do you need food? Why do you need shelter? And well, if, you, if you're going to be able to have those things, you really, you have to be able to afford them. Very few people go out and, talking about before, like grow all of their own food or build their own shelter just by taking trees down and kind of putting them uh, together from that. So it's, money is, um, not unfortunately, money is that security in our modern age. That's a very good point. Yeah, absolutely, and, and uh, I, I've seen uh, seen in, uh, in clients and, and had myself uh, to where uh, severe money issues can actually cause low back pain. Because looking at it, yeah, that's that's where uh, really just that base level of security is coming from the feet up and through the back. There, that's talking about your uh, emotional, uh, physical pain level. That's that's a great way to go and explore that. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about success a moment ago and setting goals and achieving it is well, your definition, I believe. And what, what goals are you working towards right now to become successful? Working on, on growing my business. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fairly new business and uh, just working on, on getting that uh, uh, off the ground to become more self-sustaining so that I, uh, I can happily part ways with, uh, with Aaron. Eventually, and um, beyond that, uh, goals of, of my personal life and my relationships and, and getting those uh, right is, is really important to me. And 
that is all entangled with the my business and, and getting things right. So it, it's all interconnected. And talking about uh, work-life balance before, I think that's a great way to show how that really all is interconnected. Um, yeah, one without the other, you, you got to have that balance. And coming back to where we started with here, the, the balancing act uh, certainly certainly keeps coming up. <laughs> Yeah, and and sometimes we need to you know lean one way uh, more than the other to to bring things back into balance, and it's uh, you know, sometimes you gotta go chase one thing harder than the other, and and you know know that it will come back full circle. Although if you get too far out of whack, you you know not be able to pay your bills or have your girlfriends leave you. So, Brent, what is if you could think, pick one thing? What is it that your friends, that your family, uh, people that know you very well, what do they think that you are world class at? Uh, at a quick wit. Quick wit? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, beyond that, uh, you know, on, on the professional level, definitely helping people uh, get out of pain uh, very quickly. I, I had a friend who got a hold of me a couple weeks ago and said, hey, I, I'm thinking about going into the ER, I've had this chronic back pain for, for two years. And so I said, well, hey, you know, let's go go and get you fixed up um, within 45 minutes or an hour, which is 95% better, you know, which, which is wonderful. And, and unfortunately, it didn't last as I knew it wouldn't because it's, you have to keep up with it. And, and it's make been something some, that's happening two years. It's unfortunately doesn't make, go make away. Some, Make some nutritional lifestyle changes, and yeah, I mean, if you if the symptoms been there, I was just heard uh, something just the other day that said, you know, if, if you have a symptom, it's probably because you've been living poorly for at least five years. And so. yes, I, I've seen statistics on that, and it's usually a minimum of five to ten years uh, before those symptoms develop. Uh, but that's not often thought of. It's like, oh well, my shoulder just started hurt, or even in this case. If it wasn't two years ago, if it was two days ago, well, my back just started bothering me. Okay. Uh, it started bothering you, but right, again, what has been causing that to right. come, come about for five, ten years, if not possibly even more? Absolutely. What's the underlying issue? Very true. Very true. So, Brent, I, I want to be respectful of your time. So, a couple last questions that I want to go over here. Now, one of the last things that I always ask people is, who would you want to hear on this podcast, but also... What would you want to ask them or hear them talk about? Um, I'd love to ha hear Elliot Hulse on your podcast. And if you got a hold of Elliot, what is one thing that, again, you would ask him or have him talk about? I would have to say the work-life balance and, and have him kind of describe how he was able to balance when he was really uh, really grinding and out getting his, uh, his strength camp business off the ground and, and now to where... He, it seems like he's a little more on cruise control with his business and, and able to be much more around with his family. Uh, certainly from what I understand from uh, all that I've seen, he, he always managed to maintain some kind of balance, but it definitely seems like it's uh, more weighed more heavily on his family nowadays. So uh, That's something I think uh, not just to, to ask him, but for everybody to explore is, uh, is, is that balance there? Obviously the, the emphasis is oftentimes on nutrition, on maybe sleep, maybe, uh, exercise, but that work-life balance, I think, uh, that's, that's a big takeaway that everybody could look back on this or l after listening to this and say, Hey, 
where, how is my work-life balance? Uh, is it where I want it to be? Am I at least working on it to get it to that point? So Absolutely. the last question that I ask everybody is, what is the one non-negotiable health habit you have that you never compromise on? But before you answer that, everybody has to go check out BareNakedHealthPodcast.com uh, and look under your interview to listen to what your answer is. So we're going to answer that after the show. But what else are they going to be able to find out uh, over there? Where can we find out more about you uh, with what is going on with you and your business? Okay, so uh, my business is uh, Pain-Free Fitness, uh, and my website is painfreefitness.com. Uh, and we offer uh, both um, in-home uh, coaching and training uh, in the Metro Detroit area, as well as online coaching as well. So if you're not in the, uh, in the Metro Detroit area, uh, I am available. Beyond that, uh, if you'd like, uh, please look me up, Brian McKay, uh, on Facebook. I believe the URL is uh, facebook.com slash mckay.brian84. Okay, and I'll make sure to have that in the show notes just so everybody can go check it out, uh, see what you're posting, see what you're sharing with the world, uh, as well as for those that want to get in contact with you uh, about any of your programs or working with you in person or online. So that's fantastic. Uh, Brian, again, thank you so much. And uh, everybody, make sure go over, check out the show notes so you could hear what Brian's answer to the next question is and to see uh, where you can find him on the internet. Absolutely, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on here. It was, a, it was a blast. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to BareNakedHealthPodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.